Support for this ghost-busting life is not brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace, providing innovative and easy web solutions for customers for an affordable monthly rate. Squarespace. We actually pay them $200 a year, so if anything, we're supporting them. For more information, visit squarespace.com promo code HELPUS for the love of God. Well, it's July. Barbecue and friends all hanging in the yard, beer in hand, dogs on the grill. It's a sense of community gathering to catch up, reminisce on old times. This week, we explore a small social community that has been building over 30 years, and the Sundays that they spend together as if every day were July. Through humble beginnings, we talk about how prop replicas are art. The time spent in the garage or basement with friends, creating them is sacred, and more. But where did it all begin? Our radio show today is about build days with Bishop. This ghost-busting life, I'm not Ira Glass. Act 1. Born in the basement. Correspondent Troy Benjamin is taking a drive to meet with a friend that he hasn't seen in a long time. Here's Troy with that story. As I drive north on Southern California's 110, I enter the part of outskirts of Los Angeles where the signal to 93.5 K-Day really weakens on the radio and logos for the Rose Bowl adorn every sign from streets to malls. It's beautiful. There's craftsmen homes as far as the eye can see and the grass just looks a little greener. I pull up to my destination. It's one of those lovely craftsman homes that I spoke of and it looks like it could be Doc Brown's Back to the Future. But in the back, there's a garage that's been converted into a workshop. And just outside of it, a very familiar automobile protected under a car cover. It's great, cool. Yeah, this guy's great. It's got the XLRs, too, that you can plug in mics and, and all that How's jazz. the playback sound on it for recording? Is it good? Playback is really good. Um, it's nice and warm. At least with this, I use it for the book interviews. That's neat. Um, I love that you have versions then, of the uh, the Gigameter microphone. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, don't think a part of me didn't want to just pull these yeah, yeah. off. <laughs> I'll buy another one. Don't worry about it. I have an extra set. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Of the radio antennas? Yeah, buried somewhere. So oh, if you ever decide to make one, you can have one of those. Yeah, i got to figure out what my next build is. But uh... Sean Bishop's workshop is a prop replica uh, builder's dream come true. White and green tiling resembling that of the ground floor of Ladder 23 is off to the wall. And there's multiple proton pack replicas proudly on display right on top of it. Next to that, a well-stocked refrigerator ready for the Sunday group's arrival. It's a cozy space, not unlike Bishop's childhood basement, where it all began. Okay, so wait. So what I wanted to do with you is figure out how you got into prop building in the first sure. place. Yeah. Then talk about um, you know your your usual build days, the things that you've built. Why you build the things? Why you know what what is it that you want to get in and, and build and why? <laughs> okay. Um, but also just to to get to know you, sure, which has been great because I've <laughs> I feel like I've caught up with you now. I know, sir. Like, we had so much catch up to do. It was like, ridiculous. I know. But so to, so, let's let's go way back to your first prop building experience. My what first what was, prop building experience? What was the first thing that you decided to build and why? A proton pack. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was a pack. App, that's where it started. Yeah. And I'm still not done with the project, if you can believe that. <laughs> 30 years later. 30 years later, I'm you haven't finished kidding. that I just pack. keep redoing crap because um, <laughs> I discover new things. And I'm like, well, I have to rebuild it now. Uh, but it, it really did start out in the summer of 89. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 would come out. It was, you know, 
we we hadn't had years for it to sink in yet that it wasn't as good as the first movie, so everybody was still on a high. We're like, yeah, Ghostbusters, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so. I think I just idly mentioned to my, my one of my I, I was hanging out two of my best friends at the time, and I'm still very close with them. Um, though you know it's tough when you grow up and move away; you can't hang yeah. out all the time. But my buddy Paul and my buddy Tim, we used to hang around so much in drama club and stuff back in back in the day in high school. And this was in Boston, yeah. This was in yeah. I lived yeah. in a little little suburb of Boston called Lynn, Massachusetts, which is right below Salem, so it's awesome. So we always went to Halloween. Halloween Ooh. was in Salem yeah. every year, which was great. And that was when you could actually go to Salem for Halloween and move around and, like, park on side streets as opposed to they shut the whole town down. It's like Mardi Gras now. You can't go anywhere. In fact, one the one year I did bring the, the first Ecto that I built, the Superior that Brian owns now. Yeah. Um, the first year it was done, when I did that New York trip in 2002, um, I had it flatbedded to Boston first. So you could um, take it to Salem. So we could and, take it to Salem on yeah. Halloween. And the crowd almost tipped it over. Oh, you're kidding. They literally got around us and started rocking the Ecto. It was, I didn't think that was possible. It's 21 feet long. It weighs a billion tons. I really didn't. But they were literally, it was literally, you know, because you used to be able to move around. Like I said, this is when it started getting crazy. This was before they started shutting down the city entirely because once they figured out you couldn't move around, it was just a hazard. But we got swamped. We were at a stoplight. And... Couple crowds everywhere, wow. and, you know. Someone noticed. They went, "I heard, oh my god, it's a Ghostbuster!" And it would like, let's see if we can tip it, it over. Was, it was like the it was like the Walking Dead. They like walkers Jeez. just surrounded. They were like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And my buddy, my buddy Paul, he's great. He's got such a thick boss, and actually, he's like, "We're gonna fucking die. We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. They're gonna fucking tip us all up." Uh, it was so funny, and um, we had a cop run up in front of the car. With another thick boss, and he goes, "You got lights and siren on that goddamn thing." I went, "Yeah." He goes, "Turn them on." And I went, "Click, <laughs> okay. click, 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 click." And everyone got out of the way. Wow! They all moved out of the way. I love that the officer encouraged yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, "Get out of here before they kill you." And we drew, we drove. <laughs> so, so this is the crew that I built those original packs with, and it was literally just you know sometime in the summer. Like, it hadn't ever occurred to me, you know, it was the first time it occurred to me as, you know, pushing adulthood, you know, 17, 18. Um, there's an adult version of Halloween. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put on my little Casper mask and the, the, the little, the little, you know, what is the, 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 the saran like, wrap pullover yeah, smock. Yeah, highly flammable. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> it's like the, that old Aykroyd sketch on SNL, you know, it's a bag of oily rags Johnny and a lighter. Johnny Bagel glass. Johnny Human Torch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, putting the rags on like a hobo and flame on. Lights up the night. <laughs> The giant lighter. <laughs> it's in the seventies. It's a miracle we're all alive. Um, so it, it finally occurred to me. I'm like, you know what? Maybe Halloween just doesn't have to be for little kids. So I, you know, we're sitting around probably drama club rehearsal one day, and I turned to Paul and Tim. I was like, What do you think if we do Ghostbusters for Halloween? And everyone went, like. Yeah. Like that probably thought should have probably occurred to us five years prior, you know what I mean? We're like, you know, how come we never thought of that? And you know, it was like, all right, we're gonna build gear. Of course it was me in my basement building three for, yeah, for actually, everybody. You Tim helped a lot. The, Tim, Tim, yeah. Tim was down there a lot and Paul was there occasionally as well, but but it was mostly Tim and I. But um I'll never forget it. We we it was and anybody who is listening to this will understand, yeah, you you, you hit Halloween. 
and you get up in the morning, and it's 6.30, and you're screwing and gluing right until the sun goes down, and the crap's still falling off, and you're like, oh, I meant to finish that. Forget it. Let's just go. Let's just go. It's never done. Somehow we were ragtag. It was ragged. The proportions were awful. Uh, But we somehow, that first year, we actually put together two packs and a slime blower. never. And I remember doing the... uh, Doing the the uh, the slime blower gun out of an old crayon bank, which is probably what many people have used as well. Yeah. But for the quick throw together that we did, it was you know, from a distance, and if you squinted, you're like, God oh, damn, that's, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. Close. Yeah, they're not yeah. bad. And I still got and pictures. For no reference, you didn't have internet material. No, no that you I'll could tell you what I had. I had the Ghostbusters storybook, and I had the Ghostbusters two movie storybook. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I had a very worn out VHS copy of Ghostbusters with. With interference lines in it from all the times we pause. Pausing when you see a detail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what <laughs> is that? It's a whiteout bottle. No, it's a clippered valve. You just don't know what uh, that is. You don't know yet. what a clippered valve is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah whiteout bottle and an auto flasher. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a custom made knob that, you know, it just just build it. It's fine. It's, yeah. yeah. You're going to do this a hundred times. Whatever you can find at home. You're going to do this a hundred more times yeah. anyway. You know what I mean? And, the, and, you know, so that. And we went out, and that that year, amazingly, the first year we had an Ecto one as well. My buddy, you know, Paul had a a, a silver station wagon. He put some caution tape on it, a fake Ghostbusters logo, and we found like a, a an orange work light that we that we you know that plugged into the cigarette lighter, and, you know, magnetically you know adhered to the top, and it was it was amazing. It was a quiet Halloween. I remember the only thing we did was we went by like Ghost, we went by um uh, like drama club rehearsal. People were like rehearsing some days, so we went and everyone, everyone loved, you know, the outfit. But the funniest thing was, we were driving home from um, just, you know, whatever we had been doing that night. You know, everyone gets the uh, the, the post Halloween lethargy. You know what yeah. I mean? Where you're driving home, and you're like, yeah. oh man, that was a my yeah. feet hurt. I'm hot. I've been in this jumpsuit all night. Yeah, like it's yeah. the first time you experience it. You're like, oh man, this sucks. If I really did this for a living, this would suck. Um, so we're driving home and kind of just quiet. And literally, we all jump inside the car goes here. And some little shit egged us. It was the brother of a girl that we that was in our class, you know, and so Paul knew who the kid was. And oh my god, if 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 <laughs> I, I I always laugh thinking about this as if the point of view of somebody who happened to be looking out the window at like 11 o'clock at night on the Halloween here's is Paul jams on the brakes jumps out of the car Tim and I jump out after him and they must have seen three Ghostbusters chasing these kids <laughs> down the street yeah. it must have looked so absurd, like something out of the cartoon it was absurd <laughs> like real Ghostbusters yeah. Paul is a pretty big guy. I've never seen a dude run faster in my life. And he caught this kid. And he grabbed him and he did a Heisman throw with this kid. He lifted him up off his feet and <laughs> threw him through a bush. Oh my god. And he went through the <laughs> through the bush and Paul goes, Stay down or you're gonna get more. <laughs> and all the kid could say was, What's your problem, man? <laughs> like he just egged the Ecto one. That's the probably little shit. <laughs> Um, and meanwhile, some guy's looking out his window, talking to his wife. Exactly. Like, I see Ghostbusters, and they're hurting a little a boy. Yeah, yeah. It's a call the cops. They're killing this child. I think it's Bill Murray. 
Um, <laughs> so can you imagine what that must have looked oh, like God, hearing the screech? Silly. Only on the Halloween lights going and, and three Ghostbusters <laughs> throwing a kid through a bush. Uh, yeah, because because that happens every day. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I was. I was hooked from that moment on. I'm like, oh my god! I became Jack Skellington. I'm like, we've only got 364 more days till next Halloween. Next bigger, better. What version. are we doing? Yeah. And it became our ritual. It just it became our clubhouse, and it was my parents' basement for the longest time. And my my dad and my mother and father still refused to throw away any of the plans that I had up on clipboards. They're still hanging from oh, nails cool. on the rafters yeah. and stuff down there. I go back every once in a while and see how bad I drew things. Um, <laughs> and how shitty I was. And how it's a miracle I'm working professionally. <laughs> um, but it would, and then it would be, we'd usually start in the summer. We'd take a break for a couple of months after, and then, you know, spring would come, start summer vacation would come, and Tim and I would be down to the basement, and we'd be listening to 80s music all day long. Soundtrack to Ghostbusters, soundtrack to Goodfellas, you know, anything that came out for film during that time. Back to the Future was huge. Gremlins, Goonies. I mean, just absolutely soaking ourselves in movies, in movie music, and going to see them, and thinking about them, and talking about them, and what are we going to build, and where can we find this thing, you know. Scratch building hadn't even occurred to me that much at that point. I mean, you know, material, there was no such thing as molding and casting at that time. I wouldn't have known where to, and especially in Boston back in the day, if I had known about silicone, I wouldn't know where to find it. I certainly couldn't afford to buy it. Sure. Nor resin, nor any of the stuff that we use today, or even fiberglass at that point. I didn't know what the hell that was. So it was, you know, found plastic and, you know, Tupperware from from, from the local... Yeah, absolutely. And it was just like, you know, whatever... I I remember my cyclotrons, I actually, I found perfect-sized mini grills. Like like, like little grill? no no little yeah. tabletop grills where it was like you know like you had the lid and the the perfect basin for the grill wow. was almost perfect yeah. cyclotron size and I remember I think I bought six of them because I put them together to get the the height you know yeah. and I flipped them over so it was hollow and drilled holes in, in in one in one portion of it but you know you'd be surprised and it, it it did the trick but you that's know? yeah I, mean, well, that, I I think that's fun too that you're walking around. You know, Kmart or one of your department stores mm-hmm. going like, oh, you know what? That looks like that could be this. Oh, Tupperware. Th- yeah. Take that. I still do that. Yeah. I still do it. Because even though I can scratch build pretty much everything from, you know, floor to ceiling, I'll still, you know, you, you can't shut that off in your brain. Yeah. You walk into Target and you're like, oh, that bowl looks exactly like, you know. <laughs> it's still like, in your head. Shit, that's almost big enough to be an R2 dome. <laughs> you go, eh, no, 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 it's fine. I got it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so the, still- okay, so have you built an R2 as well? I knew you were working on one at one Partially. point. Partially? <laughs> but look, the skins are over there. The uh, legs are over okay. there. The yeah. dome is up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, he's, he's lurking. Um, actually, if you, you will see, this is, this is the Star Wars shelf. Yeah. This is the Back to the Star Future Wars. Shelf. So there's, you got a Darth Vader. I got a Vader, Boba two Boba Fett. Fett. You see R2's I see skirt R2's, up there. The yep, feet, feet, the ankle. Yeah, yeah. So all works in progress. Actually, let me show you what this is. These are the holographic eyes and stuff like that. And here are oh, the battery man. boxes for his feet. So, but you still haven't finished building it. The, the kit for the frame and legs is right there. Um, you know what? You know what it is. Mo- there's stuff for the frame up there as well. I kind of there. There is a a nerdy prop equivalent to having a spotter at the gym. <laughs> you know, and we jokingly yep. call it like building buddies. You yeah. know what I mean? I can absolutely get sidetracked and derailed, but if I'm sitting here 
with a couple of people who are all working on the same thing. You just get that motivation that kicks in, and, and you're you get all that, working at the, the same hum point. is going, and you're yeah. all just you know working on cool shit. Hey, look at this. How does this look? Oh, that looks great. You know, it's like that's what Build Day is all about. It's, yeah. it's you know, and that's that's where you know it stemmed from doing those those summers because I mean there was there was nothing greater than you know we would look forward to it, and, and, and especially Tim and I, we would. Uh, just be down in my parents' basement building till the... Like, my parents will have long gone to bed. And we're still eating the last piece of pizza. And, you know, it smells like... Um, it's amazing we didn't suffocate <laughs> down there. Because we, we spray paint this, everything yeah. down. Like, yeah, it's, it's just... Oh, my God. It's a miracle we're alive. Uh, Running but, high off the fumes. Yeah. Can, like. But, you know, and I remember the night we finished the first packs, I turned off... we. Turned on the lights on, on on the packs. What little lights were? I mean, we were yeah. literally pilfering like like socket lamp bases from from things and I, it's, stuff it's, off it's, toys. Yeah, and, we were yeah. Mickey Mousing, scratch building, kit bashing, anything we could could find to put in that stuff. But the overall effect at the end. I mean, and I, I remember the night we did it. We had three. This that was the second year we did it. We decided to give. Old Paul a break on his back and not make him carry the slime blower around that year. So we we had three identical packs the second year that we did it. And I remember finishing them and I ran up the stairs and turned the basement lights off. And I came back downstairs and Tim and I probably sat there and stared at it for like 20 minutes without speaking. Dude. Watching yeah. the lights blink and everything go. And I'm, I still do that. Yeah. I remember whenever when you... I finish a build, I'll, I'll turn all the lights off, I'll let it go, and I'll just sit and I'll watch it for a while, you know? Yeah. Now there's alcohol involved. So well, yeah. Then there wasn't, but, you know. There's a little cloudiness in the brain. <laughs> so, but... Sit back and have a little little, yeah. little little glass of red wine while you watch the proton pack, <laughs> just just the cyclotron. Let us sit by the cyclotron's fire. The power cells going up, and oh, maybe I'll adjust the speed on I'll do it later. Yeah. Uh, but. It's surreal, right? I remember, because you helped me build never my first old. pack, and I sat there, and it sat there in the corner, and I'm like. I got a, I've got a proton pack in the corner now. You're it's like, just, I don't even know how to feel thing. about it. Yeah. You know? and, and it's like, it ne- and it never wears off. It never gets old. No. Every time you finish a build, you're like, holy crap, I made that. Yeah. And like, I shouldn't even be able to make that, but I made it. Well, and it's that thing that's jumped off the screen, like you were talking about when you, um, you know, you're absorbing these movies like it, Aliens and Goonies and Star Wars. You absolutely and do. It becomes a part of your DNA. It, it yeah, it absolutely. It jumps off the screen, and you're suddenly holding it in your hands, and it's real. Yep. It's become real. It's like magic. Yeah. Absolutely. That, and that's why you do it. Because it's magic. It absolutely is. In a world where everything is digital, where everything has a web presence, where everything is on screen or online, sure. nobody touches anything in, anymore. Nothing is tangible anymore. You know, it's like, I, I, I love the fact that at the beginning of some eight-hour period, nothing existed, and then suddenly I'm done, and now there's a thing that and it previously not existed in the world. Oh, and here's a ghost trap. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it lights up, and it's going to sit there. And it's going to look cool. And it's 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 this great connection to these films that absolutely. I guess I don't want to say saved your life as a child, because not everybody needed saving. But as far as, and I don't know what it particularly was, and maybe every generation feels this way, but. Mm. I'm going to say that there was something particularly magical about the films that came out in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. They were a little dangerous. Even in a way that films kind of aren't today, you know? They it didn't was implied talk down. They weren't condescending either. Yeah. They were They were just good films. You know I mean? Like, when you think about the implications of, like, Back to the Future, it's horrifying. You're about to be wiped out. Your parents are never going to meet. Yeah. You're fading away. You know, it... 
your best friend has a case of plutonium that he stole from Libyan terrorists. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, what? You know, and there were certain things that just flew in the eighties that never would fly today. I'm like, what? It's a kid. He hangs out with an old single man. What, What's wrong fine. with that? He's yeah. a single old guy. There's exactly. nothing funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so much caution now. Eighties <laughs> eighties kids knew nothing. I'm like, boy George, he's not gay. He's British. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> George he's Michael is Club. all about the league. George Michael. Yeah. <laughs> I came from the family in the 80s where the mother was like, I'm not going to pay for TV. We're not going to get cable. So I never saw anything. Everyone else was going, you see that video on MTV? I'm like, no. So finally, years later, when I saw the Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go video by Webb, I'm like, oh my god. How did I miss that? I was like, <laughs> the is he always, right in front is he always dressed like that? I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> the 80s. We just didn't know. Oh. Ah, who cares? You know? It's like, eh, go back to Ghostbusters. The gray skies out of my way. The tradition of a group build is carried over as a consistent yes. theme in my life. And the funny thing is, one perpetuate the, perpetuates the other. The build perpetuates the group, and the group perpetuates the build. It's like a snake eating sure, its own tail. Sure. And there's nothing more sacred than finding a good group to build with. It's like a family. You know, and it's really, it's it's exhilarating. And that's, you know, why I do the build days over here. You know, the, the it's, um, like I said, it's just a continuation of that tradition of that I want to say discipline as far as a creative discipline yeah. there, there's something to it like that but uh, it's just better it's a better version of it it's like build day you know 10.1 or something you know, it's, it's the it's, same it's, thing you're doing in the basement but now it's just it's in your garage different people yeah. same stuff and mm-hmm. sadly in 1989 I was building proton packs my goal was to build four proton packs with lights and sound have them finished and in 2016 and in my 2016. goal <laughs> is to have four proton packs with lights and sound and I'm looking at them on the wall over I was gonna, there. You do all, have, you all have all a few packs of varying degrees on the I wall. I got to do the throwers. That, yeah, I got yeah. the I got the Venkman pack that uh, that Murray wore at the Scream Awards. That was a that was amazing. So that's on the back wall, and then the Shatner pack is opposite that, and that's who he wore the, the Shatner like, pack was like some yeah. skit where he was in the members only jacket and a proton pack and everything. That was those two were there, but the, my my hero packs personally for me, um, I've been building them for 19 years. And is it? It's just a perfectionist thing. You're just always discovering something different or something new that you want to change out. Kind of. These these ones, absolutely, they're at the apex of. The, these don't need to be changed. They just need to be finished. Yeah. But I've been redoing them for years, and it's, you know, at first, you know, you learn how to make scratch build pieces, everything out of MDF and styrene. So you're building everything, you know, and then you know, I learned how to make silicone molds. Yeah. So then I'm building all the pieces individually out of resin in the pack. You know, five hundred pounds. I did <laughs> because I didn't know any better. I actually made a mold for the cyclotron spacer. You know, the big mm-hmm. wedge shaped yeah. thing, and how high up it goes. Made a mold for that, and I made resin copies. It was hollow. I had to design an insert for it that you would. It, it was insane. Yeah, that it worked. But I was doing resin spacers. And they weighed a ton by comparison, you know. But they yeah. they looked fine. But I was just Look like, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. And then I discovered fiberglass, and I was like, oh, I'm like wait a minute. And this this was before, as far as I know, and I don't know if this is still true. As far as I know, I, I think I was the first to do a fiberglass shell and offer it to people. Hmm. Um, I do remember it was the the Vankman seventy one yeah. fiberglass shells. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. And not perfect, but 
it was interesting to have found out how to do that. And one of the most, so the more exhilarating things about, you know, building this stuff is teaching yourself new trades. So I didn't have anyone really to teach me mold making. You I said had, to learn it yourself. Well, I had a couple yeah. of, you know, I had a couple of people that, that, that would provide stuff and showed us how to do, a, a, like, initial things. But then I started sort of monkeying with the with the formula, you know, to do yeah. shit that I needed to, do, you know, get get stuff done. And before I knew it, I was doing, you know, mother molds and silicone inserts and all sorts of crazy... That What you're looking at there is a six-part mold. These two that are yeah. on the table right here? Yeah. Jeez. A bisected jacket that, that clamshells together in the middle and, and, and a bisected silicone insert that all clamps together. For uh, for and that's but you're teaching yourself how to do this yeah. though. That's the thing is yeah. how do I bisect this? Yeah. How do I divide this into four pieces that I yeah. can then put the jacket? All you on need is and... someone to show you something once. And you go, oh, well, if I can do that here, I can do it four times mm. here. You know, it's 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 just and it's interesting. It's been interesting for me watching me figure out my process. You know, and now I've got the process down. I just need to finish everything, and yeah. that's what you know. The packs on the wall, you know, it's, it's it's like when I found out how to do silicone molds and then I was doing the shells and everything, then it was getting the shells right. Version one, version two, version three, you know. So, you know, these amalgams on the wall represent 30 years of R&D. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Jeez. I mean, it really shouldn't take that long, but it's, you know, I kept redoing and redoing. Now these ones, <clears throat> I think one of the most anticlimactic things that ever happened in my life was getting my hands on a screen-used proton pack and being able to pull it apart. Yeah. Here's the real deal, 100%. Yeah, I'm like, Complete. all right, now we're going to see, you know, what secrets you've been... Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, it's a oh, it's a fiberglass shell on an aluminum motherboard bolted to an Alice pack frame. <laughs> a big clump of Bondo there. Yeah, I'm like with hand-bent brackets holding it in plif... Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> have I been doing what do you mean? We've been, like, Oh, my God! I've over-engineered everything! <laughs> I'm like, what the... Oh, my God! I'm like, this is it?! We've already been doing it. I'm like, ah. Oh. Well, now I gotta finish it. Um, <laughs> but, so, who helped you bridge that? So you're you're in the basement in Boston. Then you come to California and you're working in the animation industry. But who who showed you the the molding and the injecting and and silica? Where where did you gotta, learn that? From? Well, who for, showed for that a, to you? A small amount of time. Uh, the, one of the first people I met in the in the in the building, and this was back in the days of the the site about props, the ASAP building boards and stuff. Right. Uh, right. Jose and I got mall. You know, Jose Salcedo, and I became really good friends because he lived out here in SoCal. I lived out here. We were builders. He was like, oh, let's meet up. Two nerds. Let's talk yeah, nerd shit. Okay. So I remember we met like at California Pizza Kitchen in Burbank. And um, just hit it off. It was the first time I had met somebody from over the internet who became a lifelong friend. It was interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I found, interestingly enough, the first member of my new build group mm. when Jose and I had that lunch. And um, he was already with a build group. And it was um, it, um, Paul Francis who had worked in this this business for a long time in the in the effects business would do much what I do with my build days. He'd open his house on like a Saturday or Sunday and he'd, they'd have... Everybody come over. And those were huge. There were like 20 or 30 people there at any given time. Wow. Those were really big build days. Um, and I didn't know anything that was my first introduction to any of that stuff. But Jose brought me by there. And um, Paul taught us a couple of techniques about stuff. He'd introduced us to fiberglass and, and uh, taught us how to do brush-ups and stuff, like brush-up molds mm. of silicone and stuff, but it was so time-consuming because you had to just keep brushing the silicone up and it would come down. You had to sit and there while it, it back dries. Up and, yeah. and anyone knows, you know, you, you, you 
it's you probably got a good four hours that you're going to stand there and do that if it's catalyzed properly. If you yeah. overcatalyze it, it'll take less, but then the mold will rip, you know, 15 castings later or whatever. So it was kind of tedious and time-consuming. And then I... Um, those build days stopped after a while, and um, I start. I didn't have anywhere to go, so I just started experimenting with my own stuff. Started your own, yeah. And I can't remember where I learned about how to make a matrix mold, or like somebody told me. I know. I think it was literally the the mold of one of our proton pack shells tore. Ah. We're throwing it out. I'm like, great, we're going to have to make a whole new mold. And they're like, well, just clamp the jacket back down over. Do you have your, they were like, do you have your original buck, your master? I'm like, yeah, I do. Actually, it's still on the molding board. Yeah. He's like, clamp the, clamp the fiberglass shell down on top of your original master, drill holes in the jacket, and pour silicone in. You'll have a new insert. And I went, son of a You can do bitch. this? I went, oh, my God. And then I learned a searching from that I learned that you know you can do clay ups you can do you know a clay a clay level and then build a jacket over it on top of that pull, the, pull yeah. the jacket off and then scrape all the clay out and you've got a negative space where you just put silicone in I have once I learned that trick it was off to the races I was like I'm a mold everything <laughs> I'm like come here give me the dog give me come here honey come here wife I'm going to mold my wife I mean, it's just like it was um I'm, I'm, I'm it was insane to learn that and it was that was when it was like gasoline on a fire I was like yeah. oh well, maybe that's why it's taking this amount of time is because you're learning these traits and these techniques. Yeah, I guess it would have gone a little bit. We're going to ask somebody. Yeah, why don't how do you make a mold? <laughs> yeah, no, well, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Seven years later, I'm like, look what I did. They're like, yeah, yeah we know that. We know that. Like, oh, yeah. this isn't new. I'm like, this. Oh. But what came out of that, though, is these build days that you've gotten to become such great friends with all of these people, and it's the only reason I do it, honestly. Um, it's become a bigger reason to build than building things. Is yeah. just an excuse, and, and nine times out of, and, and you know, you've got a good slash bad group that builds when you get together for build day and nobody builds anything. You just, just sit around and around. talk shit all day. <laughs> yeah, and it's like oh, I yeah. didn't have a problem with the Force Awakens. And, what? <laughs> I thought it was great. You're stupid. You're stupid. You know, I mean, like all day, and like, all yeah. work stops. Yeah, it, absolutely. <laughs> or hear, does it even begin? Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, usually that's Phil. Yeah, yeah. We'll be in the middle of debating and here. Well, I'll have to stop. Then Phil's done. And we'll start talking. It Phil's the only one that works. Um, Until it's almost right before either Comic-Con or Halloween. And you oh, guys and then are suddenly just, everybody's in a rush. You're like, yeah. oh. Uh, I've got 14 days to yeah. go here. Yeah, and yeah, then i got to yeah, build. Yeah. So when you were building in the basement, were you building similar things to what you're building now? Same goddamn shit. The I'm not even kidding. Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Star Wars. Just Ghostbusters at that point. And, yeah. And I wasn't, you know, and then we did it probably for three or four years in a row. Then we got tired, you know, because it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and sometimes yeah. you just need a break. And then um, by that time, I was just busy and working, and then I moved to yeah. California. And then I uh, scratch, scratch built one. I think I cobbled together one from the bunch that I, that I had had and sort of built it to, while I was in L.A. But then once I was here, you know, all building stopped for a while. And then when I discovered it all again, it's just yeah. been... It's been Balls to the wall since, you know, so honestly. Well, okay. So at ASAP, and then you started Proptopia mm-hmm. shortly after that, right? What? How did that assist in the process in terms great. of parts location and crowdsourcing awesome. for information? It was and, like a digital clubhouse. It was fantastic. 
And for about six years, it was really thriving. And then, you know, other boards come up, you know, other yeah. propping boards come up. And I think everything has a life cycle, you know, and it, but it was great. In the early days, it probably about for five years straight, it was just a busy, thriving board yeah. with a lot of members and a lot of sharing, a lot of great ideas. A lot of the old timers and new people. It was a great, you know, it was when Norm Dagnan was still a huge yeah. web presence, yeah. you know, the Home Depot pack, and, you know, me and Jose, uh, Vulgus, you know, Ken, Ken Hugel. Uh, Scott Miller, all the old school builders and stuff yeah. like that, the ones who were pushing fifty now, yeah, they was it was great. It was great. It was it was what a, what a fun time that was. You know, so much discovery going on and a lot of, a lot of threads of because then people were getting access. That was a time when people were getting you know CNC machines and mills, and it was getting a bit more affordable for stuff. And now we had DVDs, so you had really good freeze frame. And now people were being able to track down parts and part numbers yeah. off of things. You learn what a clippered like, valve is, yeah, and you this go, is a clippered oh, valve. Oh. <laughs> this is, you know, yeah, you're like, what's a Legree elbow? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. What is Nicoil? Minimatic flow control valve. I don't know what that is. Yeah, you know what I mean. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there it oh, is. And here's the Nicoil banjo tips, and you know, it's like it's 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 crazy. Suddenly you know things, and you're like, oh, I could. I could build one for real. I could build one for yeah. exactly for Here's real for real. Clutch together. And yeah, put it yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And you and you find out that places like Apex exist, and you go and you find the original parts. Yeah. In a hundred year old box, and you're like, oh my god, they still have these here, and you're like, and then it's like, it's 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 even more intoxicating. Yeah. Like you you can't wait to get back to the shop and start putting stuff together, and then what do you do? You finish building it, you turn all the lights off, turn it on and watch it for 20 minutes, and you're like, <laughs> same, just same stuff. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what, whether it's Back to the Future, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Star Trek, I mean, it's I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Well, the cool I thing about that... I just love building. I the, love the building. Build, the build day kind of grew from that, because that's what I enjoyed doing, because I was watching you guys from Colorado before I moved out mm-hmm. here near you, mm-hmm. and you guys would have... you You would have live builds there'd be a thread and you'd watch the progress of this thing start as we've actually talked about doing a video thread of live builds like a time lapse kind of not even that just turning the camera on we're all doing build day and just letting people put it put a gopro up there and and let people just watch and listen and and and, you know you're like we're building this shit you know that that type of stuff yeah actually i came up with a concept that i don't know if we'll be able to pull off someday it's going to require money and I'll, i'll be the guinea pig for it but I told the build team, you know, Joe, really, that you know when we worked on the A car together, I said, I have an idea for something that would be so cool, and I'm going to say this now, and someone will take it, and you suck if you do. But don't take it. This is copywritten by Sean Bishop. Nah, no, so it's you not. Know. Yeah, yeah. It is I'm right about to now. Talk about universal property that's copywritten <laughs> by me. But I thought it would be awesome to do like a five or six camera setup, get all the parts ready to go, like a big Lego kit. And do a forty-eight hour DeLorean build. Wow! With a whole tr- and just yep. Everyone watches us rip that source car apart, and I mean, you know, we'd have to cut a little bit of corners, meaning shit would have to go unfinished. Meaning, like, yeah. you know, the flux box would have to be done and ready to go. Yeah, you know, the conduit would have to be pre packed and ready to go. Yeah, like but the, the... we put all the parts on the ground, and we all grab sledgehammers and crowbars and go. Okay, now bust the windows up. You know yeah. what I mean? And then clock starts. Now let's and and then, boom! And at the end of forty eight hours, yep. fully lit back to the future Delorean. That I I It'd would take watch a, that live yeah. stream from start to finish. And I'd use the, the <laughs> you know we use days the, off the, to watch the build it. team that did the A car as many yeah. people as we can, and you just crawl over that, 
get it built, and that's you know that'd be a fun thing for people to. I would kill to watch something like that. That would be endlessly yeah. fascinating to somebody like me who loves to build stuff. That's the type of thing that I would love to see. You know, and maybe that'd be the kick. Maybe we can even do that with smaller stuff. Like let's you know do a proton pack build. Do it to a, a complete beginning to From ending tutorial to build on yeah. a proton pack. Here's how you do the mold. Here's how I, you do the fiberglass body. Yeah. yeah, I've I've wanted to start a website for a while that does that. That just does video tutorials and stuff like that. And it's you know it's so much work, but I still think there'd be there'd be merit to it. Yeah. Here's how you weather something. I mean, I remember you showing me just I just dry brush it right there and yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Why did so I do it's, that? I just, I just, and, and I I guess. You know, I used to think that I, I didn't want to be a teacher, but maybe I kind of am. Anyway, you know, maybe I do because yeah. what do I, I open up my house and people come over and we help each other with projects. <laughs> you all, yeah, what teaching is you, you know, walk I mean, each other like, through it. The yeah. first thing everyone goes, "Can you help me with this?" Oh, I'll show you how it's done. Um, but there's just there's there's something I love about getting a group of people together and creating. Yeah, you know, that's really what it boils down to. Movies, books, television, any of the stuff that we're into, it all comes down to creativity and, and, and what that represents. How we love to consume it, how we love to make it, how we love to think about it. You know, all, everything that is part and parcel with that. It's almost like being at the nucleus of creativity. You know, movies yeah. start at a table with a bunch of people sitting around building shit or talking about but stuff. But it's still or, collaborative you know, the entire still, time. It's, it's, it's always that group yeah, effort. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And by the way, the, the other thing that happens that's, that's really nice is, you know, we're all sort of creatively hooked into the industry we help each other with projects too like you know we'll read each other's scripts we'll you know we'll yeah. talk about story concepts like stuff that we're working on hey I, I got this think about this you know I'm going to pitch this to you what do you think of it? like that'll happen around the table as well and it's just it's it sort of becomes not just building but creating everything yeah you know and it's 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 pretty much the best thing in the world you know which is why why I do it you know it's it's um yeah, that creative collaboration. I spent from the age of six till eighteen taking art classes in Marblehead, Massachusetts, with this amazing old painter. His name was Ken Hurwitz. Rockwell, good, like just wow. unbelievable, like just unbelievable with a brush. And maybe that's where my love for that environment started because he lived in a studio. He had a big studio. Ah. Uh. And he had a had raised, the cot in the corner, and I don't know. Yeah. I think he had a fold out, probably a fold out couch wow. type of thing going on. But you never. I, it took me years to realize that he, I think he lives here, like very private, but very you know, just just sort of an enigma from an older school, you know. Yeah. Um, but he had this platform in the middle of the uh, of the room, and on Saturdays there was art class, and there were easels lining the walls and people would stand up and paint and the little kid or me and the people who were drawing would sit on this platform on the corner of it with a drawing board and you sit there be 10 15 people there every saturday so that's probably where i got my love for that and you're talking while you're oh i love what you did there and you're listening to conversations and and you're listening to people learning and talking and exchanging information you 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 pick up and you hear things peripherally which is amazing, you know, and it just I that's probably where I got yeah. my my taste for it. And it's 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 just I really do enjoy it. Well, and I think it's I mean not to sound pre- pretentious or anything about it, but it really is art. These props that you guys build. Oh, that's not pretentious. They're, they're absolutely They're is. works of art. They're things that are designed. Yep. They're they're beautiful. You can put them up on a wall and people can admire them. Like you say, you turn those lights you can on interact and you, sit with and you them. admire them. They are kinetic. They have yeah. a life of their own. They have an energy. It's it's 
Hmm. It's amazing. You know, and I think a lot of people, I think, I also find it very therapeutic to sand something or to paint something or to polish something. You know, just to absolutely making something look the best it can possibly be and knowing that you made it. You know, there's something, there there are very few things that give you that total 100% amount of satisfaction in life. So much as building something from scratch or building something from nothing, you know, and, and, and that other people like it and then seeing what other people build and being inspired by that, you know, it's, it's, and having done it in this environment with, with your friends and hanging out and, you know, it's It's great. And building for building's sake has led to amazing things. I never thought I'd sit in the screen use DeLorean, let alone help restore it. Yeah, I mean, how is that? The, when you're in you know? your basement in Boston, you're not even thinking that someday I'm going to be working on the actual DeLorean, the screen use DeLorean, yeah, helping restore I, that project because of everything that I've learned. This, this yeah. culmination of everything that's happened. It's I, ridiculous. Yeah. I remember when they brought the first parts to my garage. I put them all on this very table here, piled the table. And I just stood there and I looked oh at them God. and I, I shook a little bit. I was just like, I don't even know where to begin. And I'm like, you shouldn't even be here. I don't even know why you came here. <laughs> Flux box. What did I do? What did I do? No, I... <laughs> I just, I'm just like, ah, I'm going to fuck this up. I was <laughs> completely, completely convinced. Um, luckily, I didn't. And it was an amazing experience. But I mean, you know, it, um, recently I was able to go, I was at the Sony archives. And researching some stuff yeah and i was I, I got to pull apart one of the screen use packs i'm like this still work they're like we don't know we haven't plugged it in i'm like can i yeah can i just take a look they're like well, we're afraid it might catch fire i'm like it's kind of not designed to do i don't think it will yeah and i said well we got to take it apart to study it anyway and I was like, oh, okay <laughs> so <laughs> pulled the pulled the shell off it was interesting to see the, the the guts, but I, you know, and we plugged in, and I'll be damned. The cyclotron power cell worked. Mm. Hadn't been plugged in, you know. Yeah, and had like the rechargeable battery unit in or something that. No, it was a plug. Used. It, it was, was just a plug. A plug. It was a plug sticking out the back. It had been modified for a display. It was a Planet Hollywood pack. Oh. It was one of the Tom site, the Minnesota pack. Aha. Took it apart, plugged it in, still worked. It's amazing. Wow. One one light on the particle thrower worked. And even that where you're like, yeah, it's like you, you, you discovered electricity. For the, <laughs> yeah. It worked. It did it. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's such nerds. Um, but I never thought, never thought yeah. I would put my hands on something like that, let alone be insane enough to unbolt it and fucking <laughs> look and inside. I'm like, who the hell am I? I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah. Here's a museum piece. Can I break it? Can yeah. I, can I tear it into? Yeah. And I, of course. You know, I, I I wouldn't have. You know, and in in the uh, the pack that Ken got, and that that yeah, whole that story that everybody knows, yeah. we we took that apart and looked at it too. And the, the the sort of paths, if you consider props, like movie stars, I've met so many of my favorite actors. Oh my god, through their and props. It's yeah. on. It's on, or just the props. You know, just the pro. You know. Screen use proton pack, the original Ecto One, the original Delore. I mean, there's been so many things that have come through here, and I've come into contact with that never would have happened if I hadn't sat down and built that first pack in 1989. Yeah. And it's just you know, it really is. I do so much for the sake of doing it, and just hope for the best after. Like maybe if something bigger comes of this, that'll be great. And I find that the times I do that and mean it the most is when the most amazing stuff happens. From just it's like it's like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. It's insane. 
but it's also very hard to grasp because I mean, if it, see the the problem, I think some people run into this, and not to disparage, but I mean, I, it, it's not my cup of tea. But I think people get into prop building as a business. That's what I was going to ask you. At one point, when it becomes a job, does it lose that luster? When it becomes a job. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I'm not talking about the the, the big companies like you know, like 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 QMX and Master Replicas and Anovos and everything, because that's different. That's a business plan. They got right. I'm right. talking about somebody like me who gets puts an order a thread run up, you know, for you know I'm taking orders for this many uh, something something, yeah. and you know you get a thread run going, and then you get people's money, and now you got to deliver. That's a miserable thing to do. It's so not fun. And my worst experiences is, and I haven't had many, but when I've come from, oh, maybe I can make a little bit back on this run, never worth it. Hmm. Never worth it. Yet the ones that have been like, I'm just going to build this because I love it, amazing things have happened yeah. from that. And it's it's like you can't teach that. You just have to learn that. And it's a really difficult hmm. lesson to learn that you're not, generally as a rule, this isn't, hobbies cost money. They yeah. don't make money. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it really is. You're building a, the model airplanes. Yes, and you're, you're purchasing them. Yes, occasionally yeah. you might be able to. You know, you've you've got a Boba Fett helmet you've been sitting on for five years. You never build up, and someone goes, "I'll give you five hundred for that." You're like, "Woo!" <laughs> occasionally <laughs> right. it, it yeah. comes back, but don't try to pay rent with it. You're you're going to want to kill no. yourself, yeah. and it's not going to be fun anymore. Well, and I wonder if that's the when because this is. I mean, you call it a hobby, and you're you're hanging out with your friends on the build days. But if if you were to be taken and injected into Legacy or to one of these places that sits and builds the molds and pulls them and does everything on a daily basis on a factory for a production, does it lose that fun as well? Because then it's a job, and you're working down the line, and you've got to make this, and you've got to make. That I'm sure it does. At some point, it does become a job, and you know, a lot of people have talked to me about you know what I do at you know in the animation industry, and they're like, you know. Oh, it must be so great! You've got your dream job. <laughs> yes, for the most part, I'm very thankful and very yeah. fortunate and very, um, very um, sort of reverent of what I've been able to do and thankful of it. And I carry it like a Faberge egg, and I polish it, and I cover it at night, and I put it on a little pillow, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, <clears throat> but the thing about a dream job, people always focus on the dream; they don't talk about the job part. And at some point, it does Still become a job. a job. Yeah, you know, when you go there and you get a dipshit boss that yells at you, or you know, you spend weeks on a project and it's killed because ah, uh, the director decided to go in a different mm. direction. I'm like, I just spent yeah. six weeks and you know, seven hundred hours doing this, and they're like, yeah, we're we're gonna make it blue. You go, ah, okay, okay, yeah. go make it blue. Um, that can get hard. Dream jobs are still jobs. Even if yeah. you are living the dream, you know what I mean? And, but I'd still rather do that than anything else, you know? And I think by that rationale, I might not mind going into prop production as, you know, some type of a supervisor or even just someone who sits and build mold all day. I mean, yeah. if they leave me alone and I can make, <laughs> I can make my mortgage on them, like, just let me, just let me pour silicone, get the crap out of my way. Um, I know I have friends that work at these big prop shops and yeah. stuff, and they are nine times out of ten, they have all the same complaints I do about my industry and all the same miseries. That's still and a job. And occasionally they're good. like, yeah, I got to work on you know, some Star Wars prop or something. Yeah. yeah, I got to work on you know the new lightsaber prop for so-and-so, and yeah, it was a pretty fucking cool day. You're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. You know what I mean? And yeah. maybe you hold out for those days. I don't know. It's a, sometimes it's a job and sometimes it's a dream. But mostly, I think it's a job. 
sometimes. So I don't know if I would want to take something that I love so much that brings me so much therapy and turn it into something that I have to base my yeah. livelihood on because then you worry about it and you obsess about it. Like I don't draw for myself anymore. Mm. I don't draw at all. In fact, the, here's an interesting thing. The reason I started building all these props was because I was looking for another creative outlet and I didn't feel like drawing because I would spend, you know, 12, sometimes 15 hours a day drawing yeah from when, you were, when you were a storyboard artist yeah that's just at that point all day you're long. just cranking out storyboards and trying to get this yep. episode done and and i come home at night and i'd still feel like i want to creatively do so oh, maybe i'll work on my own graphic novel i'd sit down i just don't feel like yeah. drawing but there's an enterprise model sitting in the closet maybe i'll bring that out and suddenly yeah you get in the zone and you look up and it's two in the morning and i'm like oh i'm not done with the aztecing on the enterprise yet and you're like uh, i guess i'll pick it up tomorrow you know yeah and at some point you finish that and you go that felt really good i got that creative yeah surge and it was but something for you drop. too I mean, actually yeah. you know the original the the reason i taught myself mold making was cuz i wanted to make my own maquettes oh for my own animated shorts yeah that's makes sense yeah so I know I've got a hundred molds in this garage right now. Not one maquette. <laughs> never sculpted a maquette. Never, never, never made a mold sculpt of your of own said maquette. Yeah. But yeah, I got eight proton packs on the wall because that's important. <laughs> it I'm is. like, gee, it is. <laughs> the pe- people that are listening to this are like, eight proton eight! packs. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you don't want to talk about this, but I do remember I you the ones away, when you threw those proton packs away and people <laughs> flip their shit. <laughs> Like, you had too many proton packs, and you threw them away. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they were mad at me. I'm going to talk about... Guys, they they were really heavy and inaccurate. (laughs) Earlier in this podcast, you heard me talk about building a a hundred-pound... resin spacer for the that, that was those packs okay yeah it was the it, those it, ended up in a dumpster they were and... absolutely and by the way i stripped everything useful off of them the the the, the, the proportions weren't accurate i had gotten <laughs> new dimensions they needed to there was nothing i could do with those they were even too heavy to ship God. even if somebody had wanted to buy them as parts i'm like they literally weighed 50 pounds yeah, a piece. they were ridiculous no way you can ship that and i labored over that for like a month they sat on the wall i'm going i know i'm doing a new build I know I'm building new ones, and finally one Saturday I was like, ah! Pulled all the all the Alice frames off, pulled all the fittings off, all the clippered fittings, all the all the nye coils, everything, all the metal. <laughs> you pull everything off that you're going to reuse. You know the trigger tip, the clear acrylic tube. And you pull all those off. All the light fixtures, yeah. your 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 orange hat light. You pull them all off, and what's left? You toss in the garbage because no one's going to want it. Yeah, you know, and it was like. I thought I literally thought when I took when I took that photo, I literally thought people were like, "Oh, that's so funny!" Oh my god, <laughs> how could you? I think I think my Jose. I think, I, I think Jose actually called me that later. Went, dude, you pissed everyone off. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? The, why do they care? Everyone's building their own. Um, but that, yeah, I mean, and that's that's hmm. an example of you know leveling up when you discover a new skill. I'm like, what? Yeah. I can make a single shell. Out of this thing, and it weighs seven Why pounds. Do I need this. Bye. Thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I was glad to throw those out. Hmm. But I think that that was step one of you know, and we won't we won't dwell into the negative. But step <laughs> one of when you when you close down Proptopia. I mean, have you kind of distanced yourself from the internet because of what it's become, the sort of animal that it's become yep, in terms of 
You can't well, throw that away. Kind of, well, kind of mostly. Proptopia died on its own. It just had its its own life course. I've, I've I've tried to start it up a couple more times. I think there's just too many boards out there, and you know, maybe it needs to live on as something different. So, but um, I mostly the the boards changed. Yeah, people got mean. People people, people got, got mean spirited and nasty. Yeah, Na- I, I I remember even there was a, there was a. Uh, a guy that put up a thread, and as a fellow artist, I can appreciate this. He put it up as a, hey, I'm just showing my work. I'm not looking for a critique. Yeah. Just, hey, th- this is my work. It's it's I done. show somebody. Hey, you know? Yeah. And it was this gorgeous, gorgeous wax sculpture of Christopher Reeve as Superman. And it was, it was, mm. unbe- it was unbelievable. Life-size. It was just beautiful. I think maybe there were some quirks to it. I can't remember what it was. Was it style? It was a little stylized or something? Been, you know, or, eye yeah. of the beholder, artist's, yeah. artist's preference, you know. Um, I can't remember. I, th- I think it, some guy had an issue with the hair on the whatever it was, but it immediately turned into an assassination thread. Hmm. This is wrong, this is wrong, I don't like this. Well, if you're doing the, you know... Superman to Superman, you know, the cape goes down to the backs of his his calves, it doesn't come up to blah, 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 and it's like, oh, my, and it was literally, he, yeah. people even hopped on there like, guys, he's just showing his work, he's not asking for, well, if they're going to come here and show it, they should expect to get, and I'm like, yeah, critique and it criticism became, were like, it, it became nothing but mm. that on every board, and then it was flame wars and fights and bannings and moderators coming in and be like, you've been warned three times, I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. I was like, wait, I was coming here for fun? There's, I don't have time for this. And then yeah. there were, you know, private boards and boards that you couldn't belong to and boards. You know, it's just, it was, it, it became cliques and groups. It was almost like, like, like Fury Road. They were yeah. just battling groups of boards that would try to assassinate each other. And it just wasn't fun anymore. Well, and you, it, when the heart of it is this nucleus that happens in your garage with this group of friends that right. you become so close so to. I kind of left the net and went back yeah. to the garage. Honestly, I, 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 I had said that to somebody else. I'd like, you know, I'd rather be in the shop. Yeah. Than fighting about, are you sure that's the right blah blah blah? I'm like, I don't. You know what, dude? I, I don't care. Yeah. I it, really don't care. It, it feels and it looks right to me, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, it's done. God, you know, you know, it's there be so many, and there's so many. It seems like the people who are the most vocal, and the ones that have the most opinions, never pick up a Dremel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, the, you know, you'll get people that talk about, that, oh, you're just a building snob. Oh, if you don't build anything, it's not worth having. I'm like, I'm not saying that. You know, but there'll be people who are like, yeah. you know. It's easy to armchair build. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I th- armchair <clears throat> anything, for that matter. People are disproportionately nasty when they don't think they have any amount of con- accountability for their words or actions. Yeah. So when you're hiding behind a keyboard, you can say just about anything to anybody. You know, and it's like, not to get all preachy, but it's like, if you wouldn't say it to their face, maybe you shouldn't type it. Yeah. Maybe. You know, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, hmm. it, I feel like the hobby used to be nicer as a rule. You know, and it just, you know. Yeah, and everybody was helping each other out. Maybe it's a reflection of everything that's going on in the world. You know, it's, it's a crazier world than it was when I first got into it. There's yeah. a lot of things to be afraid of. There's a lot of stress. You know, there's a lot of things going on that bleeds off onto people, and it even comes over into, you know, the hobbies that they're supposed to have fun at, you know? Work stress probably bleeds over into the flame war that you started on Monday, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm having a lousy day, I'm going to take it out on you. Yeah, I'm going to take it out on this Darth Vader helmet. (laughs) 
your tusks are wrong. Go to hell. <laughs> You're like, wow, dude, really? Dude. Uh, okay. Your lenses have a red tint. Fuck you. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, um, and maybe it's getting better. I don't know. But I, I found out that I was happier spending less time on the net. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think prop, if, you, if I consider Proptopia like my house, you know, um, stepping out the front door was just like, ooh, you know, yeah. there's a lot of crap out there. So it was easier to stay a little bit more of a presence on the net when I had my own clubhouse. But, you know, since the clubhouse is pretty much empty, I pretty much just stay on Facebook and watch kitten videos. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it's become, too, is you post that up on Facebook and then it goes to everybody. And well, Facebook has destroyed these... message boards. And I think yeah. if the RPF wasn't as huge as it is right now or as it's ever been, then it probably would be suffering as well. But I think a lot of the smaller boards, people just, they put everything up on yeah. Facebook. They have groups. They have pages. All that they go and they share there. info. I think the, the the days of bulletin boards and you know, easy boards and all that stuff, it's gone, yeah. gone, gone away. Well, it takes some of the uh, when you say it's your house, it takes some of the intimacy out of it too. It feels like it's like, well, this is my invited group of people that we yeah. were hanging out and mm-hmm. yeah, we'd love to have you and mm-hmm. you know, that's what I you know for the longest time, Proptopia was a great play. A lot of good people there. A lot of great conversations. Very Proptopia was something that a lot of other boards because there's so many. I think at the time, a lot of boards were moderated open boards. I'm not talking about private ones. Yeah. Private ones can be what they were, they were. But a lot of the ones, you know, like the the RPF, you know, it always eats a sh- shit ton of criticism for being, you know, heavily moderated and, you know, net nannied and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. And that's why I had started Proptopia. I'm like, I want to be able to have a conversation. Yeah, and not have to worry about all that administrative <laughs> And if I choose stuff. to say the word motherfucker, I'm not going to get... yeah. Uh, 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 from from the mob, we don't use that language here. I'm like, what are we five? Yeah, I'm like, come on, man. And that's what happens in the garage. It's an extension of what's happening in the garage. Right. It, you know what it is? One of my favorite movies is Barbershop. You ever seen Barbershop? Yeah. Oh yeah. Such a good film. And it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like if we can't talk straight in here, where can we talk straight? You know, it's it's so yeah. cool. That was a little. That was the garage. That was their. Well, and shop. you've got a sign up there that says, "Yeah, what, what happens, happens in the, the garage stays, stays in the garage." garage. Right, like, especially yeah. nudity. Um, <laughs> but um, I like that. I like that dynamic, and that was what the thing about that is. Because Proptopia was uncensored, it was funny. We had so many funny members. Yeah. I mean, like Ken Hugel, Volgus. He is one of the funniest humans on the planet, and my God. The threads that we would get into and the responses and the the, the one-liners and the, it was just – I would – I'd be up at three in the morning sometimes when I couldn't sleep just laughing my ass off at some <laughs> ridiculous like photo thread we'd do on Proptopia or some dumb – hey, let's do the hot chick pick thread, you know, and then, you know, yeah. you get a lot of funny entries into that, you know, and you know, occasionally it just gets gets a little bit – a little bit misogynistic, but I mean, it was it was it was a very funny board, and that much I do miss. Yeah, because I always that laughing was my favorite thing to do. But I mean, you know, well, you and still Ken's do out of the country, right? Isn't he? He's in Romania. He's in Romania. So Vampire Ken connects you to somebody that's not even anywhere mm-hmm. remotely close that can come to mm-hmm. the garage, which is cool. Yep, Jose is in. He's in Hawaii. Scott is in Chicago. Wow. You know, everybody. It's it's, it's interesting though. Some of my closest friends in the world that I will know for the rest of my life, I met online through this hobby. Yeah. I mean, Phil, Doug, Kurt, all the guys we build with here. You know, even you know, <clears throat> people that are only in once or 
once or twice a month or whatever like that. It's like I'll never, I'll never not be in contact with these people, you know. And it, it's, it's that's sacred because really what it boils down to is building with a group of good friends. And once you have the group, everything else is secondary. Everything else is incidental. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you never build anything at all. You know what I mean? But just there to hang out. But the intent is at least there to build something. Put a You know, it's, 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 um, because not only do you, you're immersing yourself in these films with your best friends while you're building this stuff. You're talking about it. You're thinking, I mean, you know, there, I, I am awful at video games. I don't play them well. Uh, and you see, I got the TV on the wall behind us. We got the, with the Atari, uh, flashback. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't even hooked that up yet. Yeah. But the PS has the Ghostbusters video game in it. I played it peripherally, and it's yeah. fun as hell. Oh my god, it's fun! But one of the funnest days that we had here was literally we were all here building. Just you know, the the beer and pizza was 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 you know like Jesus came down and touched the keg and the pizza <laughs> it just never seemed to run out. More pizza, more beer. Where does this pizza keep coming from? And and Phil, I think Phil and Doug might have tag teamed on and off playing through that whole video game, start to finish. And I hadn't seen it. So I literally said, I got nothing done all day. I watched them play that game in the movie interstitials in between. And when it was done, I felt like I had watched the third Ghostbusters film. And I was so happy. Yeah. With your friends. Like, oh, it out. was. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting here surrounded by proton packs, sanding a bumper. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you know it, it, was, it was great. It's, it's that type of, it's, it's like fully immersing yourself in a nerdy cocoon. <laughs> and, and sort of coming out just, just healed and vibrant and, and energized on the back end you know what I mean it's, it's like it's like who wouldn't want that you know that's like one of the best things in the world to have you know what yeah I mean? that's it, the dream and we're all tied together for our love of this nerdy stuff and you know and not only Ghostbusters but all, all the movies that we all seem to love at the same time as you know well you know any yeah. one of them you can talk about well you're in a Ghostbuster look at them you get Empire over there Raiders there you know yeah. Splash poster behind the refrigerator. Two Ghostbusters posters. You know, Ectomobile like, parked in the driveway. Yeah, Ectomobile yeah. parked in the driveway. Perfectly normal. Everyone has that. <laughs> Robocop's standing watch over there, so you know he's good. Um, but yeah, it's just... You know, forever. When I die and go to heaven, I hope it's just this. Yeah. All over again. I'll do this for a thousand years. I'll do this for an eternity. Imagine the shit I can actually build if I have a <laughs> shop heaven? in yeah. heaven. And all the time in the world. And it actually worked. Like, the DeLorean would work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Proton packs would work. I'd have all the time to finish my Enterprise model. All the stuff that I haven't had time to build. I can have a massive shop. But, uh, but yeah, seriously, it's, it's literally it's my favorite thing in life. Aside from my life with my wife, who I adore, I just love building with my friends. That's the only reason to do it. Everything else comes after that. Seriously, you know. Wait another minute, pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers! I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. 
We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Spence is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. No, 3D printing actually is like giving crystal meth to a crackhead. <laughs> what is okay, this magic? Like, what is this? Is this Wally? Is this E? What am I doing? Is it a crocodile? What am I, I'm, I'm a 3D print everything. Yeah, it's 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 like, yeah, it's gonna make me worse. Yeah, it's gonna absolutely make me worse. But it's all for the glory of building. You know, it's like it. It's, it's gonna help. Yeah. You know. You can't take it with you, so I'd love to die surrounded by cool crap that I built and be like, throw it in the trash, take a picture. <laughs> yeah, it's in your will. Yeah. Throw it in the dumpster. All has to be thrown out. And, yeah, All has to be thrown the out. The nerd rage that will ensue will be your dying wish. <laughs> GP1 pack with lights and sound. Boom. <laughs> Oh, I broke the particle thrower. Ah, no, I wouldn't do that. Took me too long to build it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's uh, it'll never stop. It'll never stop. It's it's too good of a hobby. It's too good of a discipline. It's um, and like I said, in, in in a world where everything is so intangible and digital, and you can't pick it up or touch it or anything like that, I love creating something in three D space that didn't exist before I started. Yeah. It's there and it exists. I love that. There's a sense of accomplishment that is, that is unmatched. Yeah. And the dogs love it too. He does. <laughs> Get away from that hose. <laughs> I hope I haven't rambled or battled. No, that was great. Hey, no, on, buddy. Enough. No, thank you. That was thank you. Great. How long was that? That's long. You probably did over an hour. Over an hour, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmaster. Everything you're doing is bad. I want you to know this. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.